source for all the latest Batman news related to movies, television, merchandise, and video games. Thanks for making the Batman Universe your ultimate source for Batman news. Hello everyone and welcome to the Batman Universe Podcast, episode number 67. I'm your host Dustin, and today we have with us... This is Nick. And this is John. We are bringing you the latest movie, TV, merchandise, video game, and general news from the month of June, as well as a spotlight character, which is Sarah S. And Gordon. And unfortunately, because of the large amount of rumors, and the fact that we did get some responses saying that they wanted us to cover the rumors a little bit more at length than we did in the previous episode, we will be discontinuing the feature for the time being, just to give enough time for the rumors and for us to be able to discuss them. So if you are opposed to that idea, email us at podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net and let us know that you, in fact, want to hear a feature in every episode, and we'll figure out some way of making that happen. But with that being said... We have a bunch of news and a ton of rumors to cover, so let's get right into movie news. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence? Never gonna give you up, never gonna let you down, never gonna run around and desert you, never gonna make you cry, never gonna say goodbye, never gonna tell a lie and hurt you. I just like the sound. The very first thing and only thing for movie news is on June 7th, the Blu-ray copy of Green Lantern and Knights was released, and there was a clip for Batman Year One on it. It was a 10-minute clip. It was posted on the website. Unfortunately, Warner Brothers pulled a copyright claim, and it has since been yanked from YouTube. But I'm sure if you peruse the net or if you rent Green Lantern and Knights on Blu-ray, you will see this clip. It's fairly detailed. It features the cast that was already previously announced for the film, as well as uh, Bruce Tim, Andrea Romano, Tab Murphy, the screenwriter, and a lot of character designs for the characters as they will appear in Batman Year One. Uh, yeah, I saw this before it got pulled, and it was mostly interviews, interesting interviews with the characters and Bruce Tim and people like that, the creators of this film, really just explaining how this film's going to work, what the style's going to be like, how close it's going to be to the book. And, you know, it was interesting, but there's, I mean, I think I'm right in saying there's nothing, no footage at all, final footage from the film in this clip, which I was a little bit disappointed with. It's really just interviews, and as Dustin said, you see a few character designs, nothing in great detail. But it was interesting to see them talk about it. They clearly care a lot about this film. I think it's a massive one for them. And, yeah, if you do get a chance to check it out, uh, I'd recommend it. But it's just there isn't any footage of Batman Year One in it. But I'd recommend you get... Green Lantern Emerald Knights anyway, I think it was quite a good animated film. I haven't seen the Green Lantern Emerald Knights, but I went on YouTube and had a look at it. And it's made me more excited, even though they didn't show anything, and I wasn't expecting them to show any animation. Just the way that they were talking about it, how close they're going to keep it to the book, how much dialogue they're keeping. I just think this is going to be really the best animated film that they released this year and even topping the red hood i think it's definitely going to top red hood and within the coming weeks leading up to comic-con i'm sure we're going to be seeing a trailer 
for a couple reasons. Number one, we know that Batman Year One is in fact going to premiere at San Diego Comic-Con in a matter of a couple weeks, as well as because Batman Year One is releasing late September, early October, we know at this point that at DC's booth, at every convention that they go to, they have a reel of trailers and clips from a variety of different DC projects that are currently either about to be released or already have been released. So we'll see the Green Lantern trailer. We'll probably see a, a clip for Smallville since the, the complete series is being released uh, early fall. And I'm sure we'll see a trailer for Batman Year One on there. The fact that the film is actually premiering at Comic-Con means I'm positive we'll see some footage very soon. Mm. That's actually a very early look, isn't it, at the film? Considering it doesn't come out till September October. Right. But at the same point, I can understand where they're coming from just because there isn't any other major conventions. And I think they really want to promote this film more so than any of the other films they've had this year. Yeah, yeah. You don't get it, son. This isn't a trash heap. It's an operating table. And I'm a surgeon. Alright, so as far as TV news, no news really. Batman Brave and the Bold episodes are available on iTunes despite the fact that they're not airing on Cartoon Network, so you can check some of those out. Young Justice still hasn't aired any new episodes either. No word on whether or not we're going to be seeing any new episodes anytime in the near future, or if in fact we are going to be waiting till the fall to see any new episodes. Cartoon Network doesn't obviously work the same as some other stations where they would actually have a fall lineup of TV shows. But at the same point, I don't know what else they could possibly be waiting for other than the fall at this point. All right, so that, let's get into merchandise news. Just get those wonderful toys. A couple of different things to go over, specifically because the International Licensing Expo happened the second week of June. And Warner Brothers announced a bunch of partnerships with a number of people. But before that, a couple different things to go over. On June 1st, there was a new Batgirl Bioshu statue that was announced. Um, Toy News International posted details from Kotobukiya, very similar to the previous statue that was released, only with a variant costume being in the black costume. So you can check out pictures of that online. On June 7th, there was an image that was taken at E3 that features a new two-pack specifically coming into the Batman Legacy series from Mattel. And it's a two-pack that features Batman and Two-Face as they appear in the Batman Arkham City video game that's coming out, obviously, later this year. You can check out a picture of that online. What's interesting about this is this was actually the first reveal of this two-pack. It was announced prior to this, but this is the first time it was actually shown, and Mattel had absolutely nothing to do with it, other than, obviously, getting the package to Warner Brothers to show off. So I find that kind of interesting. On June 13th, DC Direct announced their items that will be coming out in February 2012, including a Batman mini statue designed by Jim Lee, a Batman black and white statue designed by Mike Mignola, and a Batman Year One DVD Batman maquette, which will actually release in September along with these of the actual DVD. Which leads us to the fact that if that's on sale September 21st, we can assume that the release of the DVD is somewhere right around end of September, as we predicted many, many months ago. Yeah, I mean, and you can also see from this year one statue that that definitely looks like the Batman from that story. So it's probably the first time we've really seen that Batman completed 
and looks good, looks interesting, and looks quite simple, but striking. All right, and then the slew of announcements from the Licensing Expo. I'm just going to really run through these and just tell you who Warner Brothers is teaming up with and what the Batman items possibly could be coming out of this. So on June 13th, it was announced that Warner Brothers is partnering with Nextcare Band, which is a Band-Aid company owned by 3M, and we can most likely be seeing some Batman kids' Band-Aids from that partnership. On June 14th, Warner Brothers announced that they would be partnering with Undergirl, which is a Funderware company, which puts out underwear for females, so we will be seeing some Batgirl bras and underwear for females in the near future as well. On June 15th, it was announced that Warner Brothers would be partnering with alter ego designer Erica Walton to produce a line of high-end jewelry, including two different types of Batman necklaces. Pictures can be seen on the website. That is all of the licensing expo news. It seems interesting they're, they're targeting the female audience for some reason, um, with all this jewellery and underwear. I don't know that many girls that would be interested in this sort of stuff, but clearly they think someone might be. The underwear might be meant for younger girls, as I'm sure older girls slash women wouldn't be buying back girl underwear, but you never know. I'm, I'm going to buy this for my girlfriend at Christmas. She'll kill me, but it will be worth it. <laughs> Alright, on June 15th, Mezco sent over details about a new figure. A Batman Mezit Megascale was announced, and it'll be 20 inches tall, and it is a summer exclusive that can be pre-ordered on their website right now. And you can see a number of pictures on the website from Mezco that they sent over. This figure will be available in two different costume types, the black and gray and the blue and gray. There's also a comparison picture on the website that you can take a look at to see the difference between the normal mesits, the mega scale, and the mini mesits to kind of get an idea of how big this thing really is. Strange looking thing, that's all I'm going to say. I, I think we've seen these sort of things before and they're, they're just they're really weird looking. I don't really understand the point of them. I've got a couple from the Star Wars line that they did. Uh, I've got Luke Skywalker and 3PO and they are very weird, but at the same time quite really quite interesting. It's, there's something weird about them that's a bit hypnotic and quite cool. But I think that's just me being weird. <laughs> Alright, and then the last bit of merchandise news comes from June 17th. Basically, Mattel announced that the Batman Legacy line is in fact a fill-in line. While we have not heard very much about the new line of figures from Mattel, it did announce through a Q&A session with Action Insider that the Legacy line is in fact a fill-in. So the question that was posed was this. Can we get any insight on the Batman Legacy line plans? Can we expect to see mostly updates and redecos of previously released DC Universe classics and DC superhero figures? Or will there be more totally nude characters like the Mad Hatter, Poison Ivy, or Ventriloquist coming in future waves? And Mattel's response was, The Batman Legacy, much like the Green Lantern classics, will only run a few waves prior to the next Batman film. It will be a combination of redecos and newly tooled figures in both comic book and video game styles. We'll have more to reveal at San Diego Comic Con. It is not intended to be an ongoing line. It is a placeholder until Batman Dark Knight Rises collector figures start up again. So, essentially, what we can determine from this is that the Dark Knight toys clearly couldn't keep putting the Dark Knight on the toys because at this point we're three years past the day the movie came out. So... They couldn't keep selling toys labeled as Batman the Dark Knight. Plus, it would make no sense for them to have random characters like Mr. Freeze in a line called Batman the Dark Knight. So, 
in order for there to still be Batman figures on toy shelves, they created this Batman Legacy line so that we can not only see Batman figures still on toy shelves, but also a number of other characters we wouldn't normally see or normally get thrown into the DC Universe Classic series. Alright, so with that, that is all of the merchandise news. Let's roll right into video game news. You'll never win, Joker. I'll always be here to stop you. A number of different things to go over, specifically because E3 happened in the beginning of June, and that saw the reveal of a number of different things related to Batman Arkham City. So on June 1st, it was announced that Catwoman will in fact be a playable character in Batman Arkham City. Similar to what the Joker was, but very different. Catwoman will actually be playable within the actual main storyline of the game, as we'll talk about in a few minutes. It was actually revealed that she is actually one of the characters you play in the very early parts of the game. So that was quite interesting. There's a video that you can check out on the website for this as well. Yeah, I thought this was an interesting surprise that they threw at us. I think it's very cool to be able to play different characters. And also, these characters aren't going to be, I would imagine, they don't play in exactly the same way. They're going to be very different. Just like the Joker was very different when you played him in Arkham Asylum, I think Catwoman's going to have that same sort of feel. So I like the idea of mixing it up, playing with different characters. I think that's a good idea. And who knows, maybe Catwoman is the first of a few, as I'm sure we'll get onto later in the news. But yeah, I think this is good. I think this is a good change for the game. And I think it's great that it actually involves the story. It's not just a challenge map or something at the end. Yeah, I think this is a really interesting addition. It certainly paves the way for if they do a third game, will they then introduce more characters for different levels? So you will actually be able to play as Robin, which I think in the third game will be a fantastic addition. Maybe not in this one, but it certainly paves the way for that and to expand and add more characters as well. Very, very exciting. So with the announcement of Catwoman the next couple of days, including June 2nd, we saw a number of different Catwoman, different types of media released. There was a number of screenshots and an interview with Dax Ginn talking about how exactly Catwoman will be playable and some of the moves that she'll have. One of the things we do know is that she will in fact have some weapons similar to gadgets that Batman has, like the Cat of Nine Tails and other cat-like things, like a whip. A whip is actually one of the main things that she does have with her in the game. So that was interesting to hear that, you know, not only will she be able to fight with her fists, but also use these weapons that we know that she would normally use in the comics. On June 3rd, it was announced that there will, in fact, be official controllers released with Batman Arkham City. When I say with, I mean not packaged together, but available at the same time. There'll be a Xbox and a PlayStation controller that will be released that have the theme of... Batman, as well as Batman Arkham City. There's pictures online for that, so you can definitely check those out. Yeah, these are very tempting. I've actually I've got two controllers, and my oldest one is kind of falling apart a bit. And that red PlayStation controller, they seem to be going for a kind of Batarang-style look. does look good and is very tempting. So I think these are great ideas. I think they will sell. They're starting to do a lot better job at cross-promoting their products. Obviously, this is a video game, and the controller is going to be used for the video game, but it's nice to see Warner Brothers trying to link up different aspects of these nice properties like Batman Arkham City by having a product that can be released in conjunction with it and not just bank on the fact that 
you know the game's going to do very well. Didn't they release some for Arkham Asylum as well, or am I mistaken? I'm not remembering it. That doesn't mean it didn't happen, but I'm not remembering it. There was a Batarang that came with it, with the collector's edition, but I don't remember any yeah. controller. Uh, <laughs> the Batarang I do have, and that is something that was part of like the the special or limited edition, whatever they were calling it, but I don't remember a controller, but like Nick said, this is definitely tempting. I'm considering getting one of these myself. It does look very cool and would be a great addition to just have instead of the normal PlayStation controller. Alright, so then on June 6th at E3, there was a trailer release for this new game, Gotham City Imposters, that we talked about last month. So you can check out the trailer. I'd love to know some people's feelings behind this trailer because other than the fact that it's called Gotham City Imposters, and the idea that the characters are based off of either the Joker or Batman, this game has very little connection to Batman. The characters clearly have guns and rocket launchers and weapons that you wouldn't normally see Batman using. And then in addition to that, you also... It doesn't seem like it would be a Batman game. Clearly, to me at least, it seems like they're just trying to bank on the idea of, well, this is a Batman game, so you should get it. Yeah, when I first heard about this game, I thought the concept was a little bit strange. And I thought, okay, let's wait and see what happens here. Um, I didn't realize if it was based off of maybe the Dark Knight film, where we had those guys dressed up as Batman at the start, or maybe more like the detective comics, the people dressing up as Batman and Jokers, or if it was just something original they decided to come up with. I wasn't really sure what was going on there, or if the major characters were involved. And so I thought, okay, let's wait and see what uh, the trailer's like. Saw the trailer, and I must say, I think it's pretty weak. As Dustin says, I think they really are just... This is just a first-person shooter game. It looks pretty cheap. It looks like... I mean, compared to something like Arkham City, there's nowhere near as much development or graphics. Nowhere near as much time spent on the graphics. And it, yeah, it looks pretty weak to me, and it's not something that I'm interested in at the moment. Not something I'm considering getting involved with, and... As and I think it's been mentioned, it's just really we. It's a first-person shooter, and we decided to try and incorporate Batman because that's popular. That's the only reason it exists. And yeah, I'm not not impressed with this game at all at the moment. They've got a lot of work if they want me to be buying this thing. This is, uh, but it, it basically looks like someone sat around a table and went, oh, "Do you remember Star Wars Battlefront? Do you remember the Lord of the Rings one? Yeah, why don't we do that with Batman, but make it really, really cheap?" really bad it doesn't really have a storyline and it doesn't actually have anything to do with batman but let's make it anyway and i genuinely hope someone got fired for this idea well it is interesting and it is important to note that this game is not actually being released normal game wise it's not going to be in stores it's going to be specifically on xbox live and playstation network which means it's not going to cost the same amount of money as a normal video game like 60 dollars but it is probably going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to 20 dollars so that's part of the reason it looks as cheap as it does but also i think that the company who made it which i believe is called monolith they were a company that I think was kind of bought out by Warner Brothers Interactive, and they probably were already creating this game beforehand as, you know, a very, very low-budget, direct-sale-type game. And then Warner Brothers bought them out and was like, well, it's going to be, you need to do something with this. Slap Batman in there, and we'll make it like that. 
it's not going to have a game storyline whatsoever. That's for sure. It's basically, I think they even said it's a max of like four people playing at once, which in my mind is even worse idea because if you were going to release this and be able to play online against other people, you would think they would try to make it so you could play with more than four people at a time, but we'll see what happens. The, right now, this isn't coming out till 2012, no knowledge of exactly when, but for now it's not coming out and I hope that they don't promote it anymore until way after Batman Arkham City comes out because I would hate for people to get confused and see footage of this and somehow confuse it with Arkham City. Alright, so then on June 9th, DC Universe Online announced that they have a new update and this time it is featuring Ra's al Ghul. So you can see a video of the update and the idea behind the update along with character renders and screenshots of Ra's al Ghul over on the website. On June 13th, there was a number of different updates that happened over the past few days before June 13th about Batman Arkham City. First thing was that there was a number of different interview tapes that were kind of not like officially leaked. And what I mean by that is clearly somebody from Rocksteady left these or they were given to different websites like G4 and Siliconera and Games Radar. And they were basically very similar to the interview tapes or the Arkham tapes that we saw in Batman Arkham Asylum, where you heard Amadeus Arkham talking about something related to how Arkham Asylum became what it is. But this is Hugo Strange interviewing three different people on three different tapes. Riddler, Two-Face, and Catwoman were all released. They are interesting to hear, so you can definitely check all those out. Nothing really super exclusive comes out of them, but definitely something worth listening to if you're trying to get hyped about Arkham City. The other big news was that Best Buy prematurely announced something that even Rocksteady and Warner Brothers didn't announce, and that is that if you buy Batman Arkham City through Best Buy, now this is in North America only, you will get an exclusive downloadable Robin character to play. Now this is playing as Robin in challenge maps, and over the next few days after this announcement, there was a number of different announcements from Rocksteady saying a number of different things. The first thing they said was that the Robin in Arkham City is in fact Tim Drake. It's not Dick Grayson. It's not Damian Wayne. The other thing that they did announce in relation to Robin is that they are partnering with a number of retailers internationally. Once they are announced, they would tell everybody about them. And as of right now, I know there's a number of different partners that will be releasing this downloadable Robin character in a number of other countries besides North America. But for now, if you are in North America, it looks like you're going to have to get it through Best Buy if you want to play as Robin through the challenge maps. Now, this isn't in the story. This is the challenge maps, similar to what we had for PlayStation exclusive two years ago when Arkham Asylum came out. The Joker was playable for challenge maps in Arkham Asylum. Okay, well, firstly, I think the tapes were really interesting. I thought those were great parts of the Arkham Asylum game, really good Gave a lot of detail to the characters, whether you didn't know who they were, wanted to learn more, that was a good way of doing it, or if you just love those characters and wanted to hear more of them, tapes are really good. So I'm glad to see those tapes are back in the new game, with some very interesting characters like the Riddler and Two-Face. Regarding Robin, I'm very happy about that. I think a lot of people were hoping Robin would be featured somehow. Like I mentioned with the Catwoman being playable in the game, I wonder if Robin will be 
may be eventually playable in the game as well. We don't know if this is... I mean, for now, it seems it's just the challenge maps, but maybe that might change. It seems odd to me to create that Robin character and just provide him for the challenge maps, but that may be the case. We'll wait and see. But I'm very glad he's going to feature, and, yeah, I think it's good news for Arkham City. Uh, Yeah, uh, in case people haven't noticed, I'm a huge, huge Tim Drake fan. So, for me, this is brilliant i think he'll probably be like the joker and just playable in the challenge maps but even so that just it blows my mind on how amazing this is and it does kind of leave me with my fingers crossed that as i said earlier in arkham asylum 3 you might actually get to play as robin in the actual game itself and they might expand it up a bit which would be even better i would definitely like to see robin somehow appear in the storyline and at this point it seems to me as if he would appear in the storyline not necessarily as a playable character but at least appear in the storyline because otherwise it doesn't seem to me that he would actually have a reason to be in the you know as a as a character in the challenge maps so for me at least i would imagine that it's only well we might have to wait obviously until the release of the game to find this out but it would be interesting even if it was just a mention or a slight appearance or anything like that, I think it would be well worth the wait, for sure. On June 21st, there's a number of questions asked of Rocksteady about Robin, so I'm going to roll through these real quick. Which Robin is it? Tim Drake. Does this mean that there will be co-op? It absolutely does not. Arkham City remains a strong single-player experience. Where can I play as Robin? In all challenge maps. What is different about Robin? As with all characters in the Arkham City universe, he has his own very unique set of gadgets and moves. Where is it available? Pre-order bonus from Best Buy in North America, along with GameMania.be for Dutch fans. What about Insert Country here? We have only announced for North American retailer and will be announcing Europe, US, Canadian partners as they are confirmed. What What platforms is he available on? PC, Xbox 360, and PS3. What about the two challenge maps? These are two exclusive maps that come with the Robin. They are Black Mask Hideout and the Freight Train Escape. What does Black Mask's Hideout mean? That means that Black Mask has a presence in Arkham City. Will we get any more images of Robin? I'm looking into this now and we'll let you know ASAP. So as of right now, there hasn't been any more images released of Robin but uh, the Black Mask thing is kind of the most interesting thing to come out of these questions, in my opinion, because we didn't know that Black Mask was going to be in the game. So even if he has a presence, they do say Black Mask's hideout, which implies that he is in the game and he has a hideout. Otherwise, why would there be a challenge map based on it? I feel Black Mask would fit in really well in Arkham City. I think his whole character is all about power and domination. And it seems that these characters are going to be having gangs taking over part of the city. So I think he would fit in really well. And um, I think he will feature quite prominently when we get around to playing the game. And also I just wanted to touch on the look of Tim Drake. He definitely looks a bit more hardcore than we're used to with the shaved head. But I think he is what we needed for this style of game. This isn't the comics. This is a bit different. I feel like Arkham Asylum, that whole universe, just feels a bit slightly more... It's not 
Batman Begins, but it feels a bit more realistic than the comics. And Robin could have been a tough one to interpret, but I think the way they've gone with it makes him look like he fits in that universe. Nick said everything I was going to say. All right, so then there's only one last bit of video game news, and that's on June 29th. The official cover art for all three versions of Batman Arkham City was released by Warner Brothers and Rocksteady. You can check them out on the website. There was a previous set of box art that wasn't officially released, was just shown, and I guess there was a lot of comments that from people saying that they didn't really like the box art. So Rocksteady heard that and decided to change the box art. And now what the box art that they have shown on June 29th is in fact the final box art for the game. Alright, so that is all of the video game news. Let's get right into general news. A short while later, in the bizarre hideout of Batman's arch enemy, the Joker. And the boy wonder thought I was really drowning, Joker. Well, this is the beginning of the end for Batman and Robin. <laughs> Only a couple of different things to go over, specifically a lot of things related to Batman Live, as we're only weeks away from the first performance of Batman Live. On June 15th, the Batman Live Batmobile was revealed in the UK, and there's videos online. It's a very unique take on the Batmobile, something we've never seen before. Some people were claiming and, you know, linking this again to Batman Robin. Um, one of the important things about this specific Batmobile is that it looks like a, a race car, and I find it very interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's only so many takes you can do on the Batmobile, and I mean, you don't really want to go for anything we've seen before. Um, I think that'd be a bit tired. You know, they needed to go for a new approach. Um, I'm not sure I love it at the moment or not. Um, it's a little bit strange looking. It looks very small, but then I think to myself, how how much is this thing going to drive around on stage? I'd be surprised if it does any, really. It can't. Surely it's not going to be going fast up and down the stage. I imagine it won't be moving much. It looks like it would be very tight for uh, Batman to get into, but it looks kind of like a torpedo or an F1 car. Definitely a different take, and I think it's only fair to judge it when we see it in the show. I think it's difficult to judge it just by looking at it. I think we've got to see how it gets used. But, um, yeah, interesting take, definitely. It certainly caused a bit of controversy. Uh, I, I'm going to say now that I loathe it. It looks like a sex toy on wheels. It's horrible. I can understand that they want to depart from it and that they want to do something new and unique. And fair enough, but just put some thought into it. it, it it's just... It's just... I, I don't, it, it's red and glowy and horrible looking it's too small i'm assuming i I mean i don't want it driving around you know i don't think it's going to drive around the place but it does just look like it fits batman so i'm assuming robin's going to be running alongside or is going to be on the bat cycle i i don't know good point Sidecar. Where's the sidecar? (laughs) yeah yeah it's just and the the bat and a bat go-kart is what he really needs. Um, it just, I, I just don't think it, it feels 
or looks right. Now, maybe I'm going to be proven completely wrong, but until that day, I shall, I shall continue to loathe it, unfortunately. It does feel very basic, I think. There's not a lot to it, really. That's very true. Now, the other thing worth mentioning is, at the reveal of the Batmobile, the Batsuit that Batman is wearing is much different than the Batsuit that was shown when Batman Live first showed all the characters. It's very different, a lot less flashy than the previous Batsuit. So it's interesting to note whether or not this is the new Batsuit or if Batman's going to be wearing multiple Batsuits. Yeah, I'm even more curious to find out once the first performance shows whether or not that the Batsuit changed because of the fans' response about how it looked too much like Batman and Robin. I mean, obviously this is meant more for a younger crowd, but at the same point, we didn't need another Batman and Robin interpretation. I think that was their biggest criticism of from that sort of big press event. Um, I think him and Robin was the, their suits were the biggest criticism. It, this one looks more, I think, like Arkham Asylum Batman. Actually, it looks a little bit more stripped down. It's got the yellow oval on the belt, but I think this is an improvement. Yeah, it's a small improvement, but it's interesting, as you say, Dust, whether they'd actually listened to the fans and changed it as a result, or if we're going to see a couple of bat suits. Because if it's a couple of bat suits, that also reminds me of Batman and Robin. Yep. I'm just waiting for them to crack out the uh, ice suits. And then the ice rink pops up from the floor. All right, so then on June 17th, Graphic Audio announced that the novelization of Batman No Man's Land by Greg Rucka will be coming in audiobook form coming this fall. The first part will be released in October and the second part in November. So you can check out the synopsis for the audiobook if... If you've read the comics and you know what Batman no, no Man's Land is, you have a good idea of what to expect with this thing. But in my opinion, this was a great comic series, and even the novelization of the comic is very good as well. Uh, I think this is good news. If you haven't had the chance, I would very much recommend that you check out the BBC audio series of the Nightfall series, which was kind of a similar thing, taking a big Batman story and turning it into audio, and it's very long, it's epic, and I thought it was very well done. And that, I think, was from the 90s or the early 2000s, um, and it's surprising that the Batman franchise hasn't really dipped into this more often. If you look at something like Star Wars, which, of course, has a lot of novels and comic books and things, they have loads and loads of audiobooks that are really good productions. And I'm just surprised with all the stories that Batman has that there aren't more things like this. So I hope this could start a new trend in Batman audiobooks because I think it's a great a great medium. And it's... I mean, DC are currently trying to get people more interested in the, in the comic storylines. This could be a very good way of doing it. I don't know about novelizations of Batman because it's a comic book and it kind of just feels weird because a, a lot of the time the art does a lot of the talking but you know if you guys recommend it i think i might go and try it and see what i think really the audiobooks are something that i would have never even thought about getting into mostly because i don't have a ton of time that i'm sitting down listening to audio but i've given a couple of the graphic audio books a shot in the past specifically they've done infinite crisis in an audiobook form they've done some other ones as well they're quite interesting they're very well done they're produced very well their sound effects they've got different actors for everybody's voices it's not like four people that just read a script or anything like that it's very good 
And I'm looking forward to this because No Man's Land is still one of my favorite storylines, despite the critics out there. All right, and then the only other thing we've got is on June 17th and June 20th, there was two new videos released for Batman Live. They're kind of behind-the-scenes looks at the rehearsals occurring currently for Batman Live, so you can check both videos out on the website. I think it's good to see that there's a lot of content coming out from Batman Live in the build-up to it. It's very interesting to see what they're up to behind the scenes. They're all obviously very busy getting ready for the show, and I'm glad they're producing more content. It's nice to see what's going on behind the scenes and, and the amount of effort and the size of the production. You really get an idea for it when you see these videos. All right, so that is all of the news for this podcast. Instead of getting right into the rumors, we're going to be making that our feature for the time being. So we're going to get into our spotlight character first, and then we'll cover the rumors for The Dark Knight Rises. So as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, we are covering Sarah S. and Gordon, which is a former wife of... James Gordon, and the reason why we're covering this character is because this character does play a role in Batman Year One, specifically in Batman Year One, the DVD that's coming out in only a couple of months. We figured we should probably try to cover some of the characters we haven't covered in the past that could be playing a pretty large role in the film. So, Sarah Essen was a Gotham City police detective who was briefly partnered with James Gordon, a sergeant recently arrived from Chicago. This was in Batman number 405 in March 1987. The two began a clandestine affair that became the fuel for a blackmail plot against Gordon. It was thwarted when he was he revealed his infidelity to his pregnant wife. Gordon and Essen ended the affair and both were reassigned. Essen soon after left Gotham City and continued her law enforcement career, even marrying another cop. When the unnamed officer died during a drug bust, she chose to return to Gotham. Essen re-entered Gordon's life, and the romance was renewed, only to be derailed by his heart attack. This was in Batman 458 in January 1991. While Gordon recuperated, Essen found herself crossing paths with his costume friend. She saw Batman as a vigilante and tolerated him only out of respect for Gordon. Eventually, the renewed relationship flared into love, so much so that Gordon proposed to Essen twice, Batman 465 August 1991 and Detective Comics 646 July 1992. The two married less than a year after reuniting Legends of the Dark Knight Annual 2 1992. They served side by side through the worst years in Gotham's history, with Essen heading up GCPD's major crimes unit. As a result of her cases, she changed her opinion regarding the Gotham Guardian gradually accepting his place in the scheme of things. The grisly crimes and political stresses did briefly take their toll, forcing the couple to separate. This is in Batman Shadow of the Bat, number 35, February 1995. Things grew even more twisted when Essen found herself named as Gordon's replacement, prompting him to quit the force. This was in Batman 519, June 1995. Her tenure at the top proved short-lived, however. She was replaced by an incompetent, who proved his worthlessness when the city was overcome with the clench, a deadly virus, in Detective Comics number 694, February 1996. Gordon was finally returned to his post, which seemed to heal their wounds. The two reconciled, in Detective Comics number 702, October 1996. 
The 7.6 magnitude earthquake that devastated Gotham put their lives on hold in service to the city. There was no question they would remain when the federal government chose to withdraw support from the city, turning it into a virtual no-man's land. They battled together to maintain peace for those citizens who had also chosen to remain. Things slowly began to improve, and the Gordons thought the worst was over by Christmas time. Instead, the Joker kidnapped the city's remaining infant, triggering an intense manhunt. Essen found the Clown Prince of Crime ready to destroy the babies at police headquarters. Given a choice to save a child or be shot, she chose the child only to be shot at point-blank range. She died heroically, and Gordon was mad with grief. He was ready to shoot and kill the Joker, but instead shot both of the madman's knees, crippling him much as he had crippled Gordon's niece, Barbara, in Detective Comics 741, February 2000. On New Year's Eve, Jim poured a glass of champagne at Sarah's grave as he raised one for himself to his lips. Happy New Year, sweetheart, I love you. In Batman, Shadow of the Bat, 94, February 2000. Her tombstone read, Sarah S. and Gordon, honoured officer, killed in the line of duty, Gotham's finest. In a potential future, Gordon repeated to himself, I think of Sarah, the rest is easy, indicating her effect on him through the intervening years. This was in Batman The Dark Knight Returns, 1986. And as I said earlier, Detective Sarah Essen will appear in Batman Year One, voiced by Katie Sackhoff, which will release later this year. So that is Sir S. and Gordon. All right, so with that, we're going to get into the rumors. The bat is broken! <laughs> like I said earlier, unlike the last episode, we're going to go through these rumors and kind of address the actual rumor, discuss it if need be, and also talking about any updates in relation to the rumor itself. So whether or not the rumor ended up being true or whether or not it was proved to be false. So the very first rumor we have is comes from June 1st. BatmanNews.com discovered that between June 14th and 16th, a licensing expo will be taking place in Warner Brothers. is listed on the events site to feature The Dark Knight Rises. They pointed out that in 2007, the Batpod was revealed at this very same event. So what will be shown? A new vehicle or something we've never suspected? So at this point, the update on this is the licensing expo did happen, and there was absolutely nothing revealed for The Dark Knight Rises. And when I say nothing, I mean literally nothing. The uh, the image that was shown for The Dark Knight Rises seemed as, as if it was just a recolored image of The Dark Knight logo. So we don't think they've thought that far ahead yet for a logo. I, yeah, at this point, I would say I don't think they have. All right. June 3rd, according to Movie Viral, the company that was in charge of the viral marketing campaign for The Dark Knight, 42 Entertainment, has not been approached by Warner Brothers for The Dark Knight Rises. After they posted an article regarding this, 42 Entertainment responded to the article by contacting Movie Viral, and this was their response. I was just contacted by someone who works with 42 Entertainment who tells me that... All the major individuals, producers, writers, etc., who worked on the Why So Serious campaign are in fact still with the company. Also, although 42 Entertainment is not currently working on the Dark Knight Rises campaign, Warner Brothers could still contact them later on, given that the film isn't set to release in theaters until next year. The studio has some time to decide if they want to work with 42 Entertainment again. While it seems that it 
may still be possible for 42 Entertainment to work on it. It seems as if, if they were going to try to put something together as big as the Dark Knight Rises campaign, it would be something that they would probably need a little bit more time to put together. I mean, I don't really know exactly how long you would need to plan something like that, but I think you would need to at least let Forge to Entertainment know, right, you're, you're going to be doing this job, so you can start getting some ideas together. Because, um, I mean, it's pretty massive, and I think fans want things right now. As they're filming, fans want to see images or whatever. They want to learn stuff. They want things to happen. So now is the time for it to start, I think. So it seems a bit late for 42 Entertainment to get involved. But as I said, I'm not sure exactly how long you'd need, but uh, I, I don't. I really don't understand why Warner Brothers would not use 42 Entertainment again after doing such a great job last time. But that's looking like what's happening here. I mean, there's a year till the film comes out. So like you, Nick, I'm, I'm not sure how long it takes, but say they get everything shot by the end of the year, they could then give that to 42 Entertainment and go, this is what happens go away and they've still got six months to build up anticipation and work on the hype already so i still think there's quite a while before or you will start seeing anything worthwhile for the films in terms of promotions and sneak peeks and you know bits and pieces because nolan likes to play everything close to his chest whilst he's filming and and keep everything low key so to start promoting it now doesn't seem like a a Nolan kind of thing to do, really. I mean, when did when did Why So Serious start? Well, that's G- that's what I was about to say. the The thing is, the thing to keep in mind is that the Why So Serious campaign officially kicked off the exact same time frame as we saw the first Bane image. Uh, the first image of the Joker was released almost to the day that the first Joker image was released by Warner Brothers. What's important is the Why So Serious campaign actually kicked off at Comic-Con prior to the movie coming out. So that would be this Comic-Con coming in a couple of weeks. So who knows whether or not they're actually going to be doing something at Comic-Con. But the, the thing is, they started promoting the film a year beforehand. And yes, I agree with you, John. The Nolan does play a lot of things close to the chest, and he obviously wouldn't want to reveal things. But... It's not even, I don't even think it's as much as, I think the, the concern would be this. If the 42 Entertainment was hired and they were privied to information that nobody knew, there would be all kinds of legal documents that they have to sign saying they can't say anything, just like they had to do with the Dark Knight. I don't think that should be a concern. and I don't think it is a concern when it comes to Warner Brothers hiring an outside company to do this. I think the main concern in my mind is, Warner Brothers is not very good at marketing their own products very well, as shown by Green Lantern. So with that, I don't know how much of an effect 42 Entertainment had on the overall marketing, like partnering with the various companies like Domino's and having the Gotham City Pizza. I don't know what the effect on that was, even though it was played into the Why So Serious campaign. But if 42 Entertainment did have an effect on that, I say Warner Brothers would be very, very smart idea to have 42 Entertainment do the marketing campaign for it again because the cost that they pay for that viral marketing campaign compared to having a thousand TV commercials is minuscule in comparison. All right, so then the next rumor we've got 
also from June 3rd is that, now this could be a spoiler, so I'm just giving a spoiler warning for those of you out there who don't want to hear any spoilers, that there was a scene filmed at a hospital and somebody in a black mask was either shot or flown or fell out of a window a couple stories up in the air. So whether or not that plays into another rumor about Alfred possibly being in the hospital, we'll have to wait and see. Wait, wait, wait. Alfred in the hospital? Yeah, there was a... There was a rumor in May that Alfred is supposedly a patient in a hospital at some point. McGregor's syndrome? Uh, yeah. That's a bit risky, right? That was Why the joke bother? going around the net when uh, everybody was talking about it. Yeah. All right, so the next rumor we have is on June 6th. The big news, again, there was a couple of different things that happened. There's pictures that posted up about this man in the black mask falling or jumping, as it appears in the picture at least, from the hospital. Also, it appears that Warner Brothers was looking for a number of extras to play a variety of different people, Pittsburgh, between the dates of July 28th and August 21st. So those were the two rumors for that day. On June 7th, rumors began talking about what location could possibly be the new Wayne Manor. As it turns out, it appears that the combination of Osterley Park and Wallaton Hall will be the new Wayne Manor. Wallaton Hall's exteriors will be used for the new Wayne Manor, and Osterley Park's interiors will be used for the inside of Wayne Manor. As it appears from this rumor, this did end up being true, as there was a number of different things, but at this point we already have actually seen footage of them filming at Wallaton Hall. Um, I think it's a very good-looking Wayne Manor. It does look quite similar to the one we saw in Batman Begins. It seems a bit larger, but yeah, I think this would be a good fit and look looks like a superb and classic-looking Wayne Manor. It doesn't. It it looks quite um, modern. Obviously, it's I think Georgian, but it doesn't have because the old Wayne Manor kind of had the the battlements and that kind of thing. And I think this is this is something you could definitely believe Bruce has has built and and designed, put up to sort of keep in keeping with, with the area and, and the house that he lost, but doesn't have the same effects of weathering, that kind of thing. The next rumor on June 10th, a couple of different things happened, some of them a little bit more rumorish than others. The first thing was that Michael Caine appeared on the British radio show called The Chris Evans Breakfast Show and discussed his role as Alfred. He did say that he was going to be beginning work on the film in the next couple weeks, which at this point has already happened. The other one is another spoiler. Who knows whether or not it's true, but this could end up being a spoiler. So again, fast forward a couple seconds. At comicbookmovie.com, an article posted up that mentions how big of an effect Bane may have on Batman in The Dark Knight Rises. So as it says from a specific source... It said, Bruce Wayne slash Batman and Bane will certainly clash hard in The Dark Knight Rises. And I can tell you this much. During their first fight against one another, Bane will break Batman's back. So does that end up being true? We'll have to wait and see. But it could possibly play into the idea of someone being a patient in a hospital as well. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Alfred perhaps visiting Bruce in the hospital might be the route they're going down. Um, I think... If we're going to have Bane in this film, I think a physical confrontation 
the physical uh, aspect of it's got to be addressed, and I think the fight between Batman and Bane has, has got to be massive because we haven't seen Batman have a massive fight in these films yet. So, uh, I I perhaps like the idea of perhaps in the first or second act, Batman's back is broken, and then you know he overcomes it to fight him in the end, and maybe it's a whole new meaning to the word the Dark Knight rises literally rises out of a wheelchair who knows or he could break his back in the first five minutes and then it's just an hour and a half of Christian Bale trying to get up <laughs> it's just just that's it it's just him just trying to get up and then at the end he gets up and, and the film ends and I think um, this is probably because The Dark Knight Rises is definitely going to go for the Oscars this year so you know <laughs> you need yeah, to make it a bit yeah, more emotional more drama, and dramatic <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, as Kate Winslet says, you get awards for playing a disabled person or a victim of the Nazis. So, <laughs> yeah, it could be, could be that. Also, though, if Bruce Wayne's in the hospital and supposedly Bane's just been kicked out of a window, does that mean Alfred's kicked him out of a window? Which would be much more interesting. That would be interesting. I'd be interested to see Michael Caine with a shotgun. A bit violent. <laughs> well, you, you just need to go and watch Get Carter. Exactly, yeah. Ah. He's gone back down that route. It, in fact, Alfred takes over Batman and does it that way, and Christian Bale's not in it after the first fight. All right, and then on June 13th, the next rumor was two different things. The first thing is that, as it appears, Gotham City will be having a sports team in The Dark Knight Rises as the Pittsburgh Extra Casting Agency announced that they are looking for prisoners, guards, business people, and a lot of sports fans. Now, there was a rumor a couple months back about Heinz Field possibly being blown up during filming for The Dark Knight Rises, which later was proven wrong. But this announcement for looking for extras actually did say that there could be some explosions taking place there. So who knows exactly what's true and what's not true at this point. This did end up being true. There is a Gotham City sports team. We'll get into that one a little bit later. The other rumor is that actor Josh Stewart, who most recently appeared in the TV show No Ordinary Family in North America, has been cast, although no knowledge of his role is known at this time. Regarding the sports team, I can kind of imagine that scene being um, maybe one of those scenes where Bruce Wayne is sort of showing off his millions. You know, he's, maybe he's got a flashy box or something, private room, watching a game. Or maybe it's just simply some sort of scene where the, the villains are attacking the public or something. And then about Josh Stewart, Fred, I don't know anything about him. And unfortunately, we don't know anything about who he's playing. So I, I don't think there's a lot to add there. might be that Bruce Wayne owns a sports team. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. Because my understanding of American sports is generally there's kind of the way the work to show off your wealth is by having a football or a basketball team or both, I think. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, I wouldn't say every rich, famous person has a sports team, but there's definitely some out there that do. Mark Cuban would be probably the one that would come to a lot of people's minds because he owns the Dallas Mavericks, which is a basketball team, and they just won the NBA championship. So there are definitely some 
billionaires out there who own sports teams. And that's one of the thoughts that came to my mind when I was first thinking about this rumor. All right. So then on June 14th, the licensing expo was underway and there was an image taken of that Dark Knight Rises logo we talked about earlier. Again, just a different color scheme and the word rises. Nothing different. Don't think it's actually going to be the final logo. On June 15th, a couple of couple of different things. There's a bunch of different things that happened on this day. One of them is such a big spoiler that we we might not even be able to talk about it here without just directing people to the website. But the first thing is, Comic Book Movie came across another Twitter account that could possibly be playing into the viral marketing account. It's at Anarchy is here, and there was no posts. But then suddenly that same night, there was a post that was tweeted that was a series of different numbers could possibly be longitude and latitude coordinates who knows but then as of 10:30 p.m. central standard time the tweet was deleted and as of 10:45 the account was completely deleted and no longer existed so whether or not this actually was something to play into the dark knight rises in my opinion at least it's something that could have been and then because it was found out whoever was doing that aspect of the viral marketing campaign might have decided maybe this isn't something that we're ready for at this point in time. And I think that might have been the case and that's why it was taken down because if it was a fan-made thing and someone trying to screw with people, I don't think they would have taken it down as quickly as it was. Could be the co- I'd laugh if someone typed it in and then the coordinates and they were just standing in a field somewhere in North America going, oh, they're supposed to be doing something here. What's, what's going on? All right, and then the other rumor that same day, at this point, I don't even think it's I should be a, I should be talking about it, because it's going to put a big, big thing that you probably wouldn't expect in the Dark Knight Rises to happen. So if you are interested in it, go to the website, click on movie editorials, scroll down to the headline, the Dark Knight Rumor Mill spoiler so big can't name it in a headline, and you'll see the link to where exactly you can read about this spoiler, but. I'm just going to give everybody a fair warning. This is probably, like I said, this is probably the biggest rumor we've had to date that we've reported on. And we don't even mention the actual spoiler on the website. We just provide a link to where the spoiler is located because it's that big. Yeah, I mean, I know what it is. I'm not going to mention it. But I just think it's it's actually very surprising that for a production that seems so top secret and so difficult to squeeze any information out of, that something that big and that that big has has got out. I just thought something that big would be kept under wraps. They'd make a lot of effort to make sure no one found out, and it seemed like it got out quite easily. So um, very surprising, and I, I won't say any more than that. Moving on to the next rumor, June seventeenth couple of different things. There were some shots of Michael Caine in his Alfred getup taken on set. So clearly he started his work as we talked about earlier. According to JoeBlow.com, they tweeted that the viral marketing campaign should be picking up. And they stated, hearing the next phase of the Dark Knight Rises viral campaign will launch soon and reveal the first look at Catwoman. The other rumor of the day is a possible teaser trailer that was released in front of Green Lantern in Italy. This was later deduced that it was, in fact, a fan-made trailer, but I do have to give them props for creating this fan trailer because as little as it does show and as little as it explains about the actual film, 
they did go to great lengths trying to make this trailer look real as they actually had it played in a theater in front of people and had people cheering and everything. A lot of people could think it actually was real. Um, Okay, so a few things to go over here. Firstly, Michael came back to work. Good to see. He's been talking for about the last two years. Every interview he says, oh yeah, we should be starting the film in a couple of months. (laughs) So it's good to see he's actually finally started it um, after years of saying he's going to. And Christian Bale back on set doing his thing. Good to see. About the possible reveal of Catwoman, I think that is what people are most curious about now. After having seen Bane, admittedly not a lot of him, but we've seen Bane, I think Catwoman is the one everyone is waiting to see next. So maybe they should hold off on that for a bit, keep the excitement building, or maybe it will come out at San Diego. That might be a good place to get that image out there. And then about this Italian uh, Dark Knight Rises trailer, why DC couldn't have done something just this simple for Green Lantern? I do not know. I mean, it's 20 seconds long, this thing gets everyone excited. There's nothing revealed at all. Why DC can't do something small like that in front of Green Lantern, I don't know. I think it would have been a great idea and would have got everyone excited really early on. And I think it's an opportunity missed. I think uh, Catwoman is going to be the two-face of this movie. I don't think we're going to find out much about her until towards the end as it gets nearer and nearer to the film actually being released. As for the fan trailer, that was really, really clever, actually. It was really well done, and it it's nice to see people putting effort into creating false rumours rather than just making up really bizarre stuff. So my hat's off to them. A very, very good trailer. All right, the next rumor we've got comes on June 27th. A number of different things to go over. First up, BatmanNews.com posts up some exclusive set photos of Wayne Manor and appears that there's a graveyard on the premises of Wayne Manor. So could we possibly see an iconic scene with Bruce in front of his parents' gravestones? By the looks of the pictures, we very well could. The other thing that happened on June 27th is that there was a video posted up that a production truck plowed into a wall at Wallaton Hill. Nothing spoilerish, but it was pretty funny to watch the video. The There was another video that posted up with Bruce Wayne and a female companion outside of what will be Wayne Manor being rained on and getting into a yellow cab. There's no audio for the clip itself. And you really just see Christian Bale talking to the female that he's there. We don't know whether or not it was, in fact, Anne Hathaway or Marion Cotillard. We don't know for sure who it is because, well, we just don't know. It could be somebody completely different. And I think you can see Chris Nolan, can't you, in the video? Yes. Yes. Uh, With the crew. I originally thought, I just assumed this was Anne Hathaway, actually, but I guess I was, I jumped to conclusions there. And then about the truck, yes, that was quite amusing. I think that guy is in trouble. He might have to watch out for his job. And then the graveyard instantly made me think of Mask of the Phantasm and that brilliant scene with Kevin Conroy's Batman there and made me think perhaps we'll see something similar to uh, to that. And we know Gary Oldman mentioned how the, the script kind of brings the story full circle. I think Bruce's parents will you know, be mentioned and be in his thoughts in this final film. Yeah, I think the graveyard could play something significant, especially if Bane does break his back, you know, maybe he's sort of feeling kind of like, a well, he would be feeling like a failure. It's kind of the first thing that he's really lost at. So 
that would that would definitely tie in. So he'd go and look for solace and and that kind of thing. And I think you know we definitely will see iconic scenes. Truck going into the wall, brilliant. I love the fact that someone was there to film it as well. It's just really convenient moment. It does happen more often than everybody thinks. It did look quite a narrow road as well, so I do kind of feel sorry for that poor truck driver. As for the footage, that's very, very exciting. Even though it's filmed on a phone miles away, it's still that little sneak peek, and it's nice to see them actually filming it. It's it's just really exciting. And then there's a couple of other rumors that was also on that same day. The first thing was that... According to STV Entertainment, there's a scene planned in which Batman lands a plane while on fire. Uh, We'll talk about this again in a little bit. And then a couple of little mentions about Anne Hathaway and Catwoman. So according to an article in Harper's Bazaar's August issue, this was what will be posted in the article. She has been working out five days a week, rigorous exercise and stunt training, followed by an hour and a half of dance. I've always thought that skinny was the goal, but with this job, I have to be strong, she says. And has always been slim, but if you look at her clips in her early 20s when she made The Devil Wears Prada and Brokeback Mountain, films that gave a clue at her dramatic range, the difference is she stands taller now with more confidence. And over at Hollywood Life, there was some comments about the possible cat suit that Catwoman could be wearing. Anne's outfit is more tactical, like the comic book, than the previous Batman movies. A source very close to the costume design tells us exclusively. She will definitely be wearing the goggles, and it's going to be less sexy than Halle Berry and Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman costumes. She's going to look more like a robber. So those were those comments. What I have to say about this is, it's good to know that Anne Hathaway is taking this role just as serious as any of her other roles that she's ever done. And the rumor about Batman landing a plane on fire, that would just be cool to see. Yeah, and the idea of Catwoman's costume being a bit more practical, that makes sense with what we've seen with Chris Nolan in the past. I mean, when you think of the Batsuit, Scarecrow, Joker, or even the vehicles, everything's just felt more practical, more realistic, just more what you'd expect in Nolan's world. And I'm imagining she is going to be a thief, and so she'll want this outfit to, you know, optimize her robberies. So that's, I imagine, what it's going to be best for, stealth and sneaking around. All right, so then the next rumor comes on June 28th. It was announced what Bruce Wayne's new ride is going to be in The Dark Knight Rises, and it turns out it's going to be a Lamborghini Aventador, and it was spotted on set in London. As it turns out, it appears that Chris Nolan wanted a different color, but silver was the only color that he could get, I guess, at short notice. But the pictures are online. You can take a look accompanied with Gotham City license plates and an expiration date of March 2013. So you can take a look at that. The interesting thing is that the plates do look very similar to the plates for the state of Illinois, but one comment I do have to make on the plates is I didn't know that cities got their own license plates, but I guess if you're Gotham City, you do. What state is Gotham City in? That's the problem, isn't it? Right. Definitely had a Lamborghini in Batman Begins. He had it in both Begins and Dark Knight, didn't he, Lamborghini? Yes. I don't know if they're trying to imply it's the same car all the way through, but it's definitely a stylish car, the sort of one you expect to see a Playboy in. Don't think it will feature a lot, but it's a pretty impressive-looking car, and definitely the sort of thing you want Bruce Wayne cruising around in. Yeah, the car looks awesome. But with a Lamborghini in all three films, I can't help but feel maybe Lamborghini have done a little product placement, but it looks fantastic. I'd love to have that car. So if anybody wants to send me birthday, Christmas present, quite happy for that to turn up on my doorstep. Also, get it in the post. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. It's being delivered by UPS. A Hot Wheels one. <laughs> yeah. All right, so the next rumor, June 29th. It appears that Michael Kane may have upset Chris Nolan while he was doing an interview with the Daily Express. Su- surprise, it surprise. It appears that the discussion that he had a couple weeks back about him having to patch up people after they go out and have their fight could have possibly upset Chris Nolan because Chris Nolan has called him and said, why did you say that? You shouldn't have said that. So it looks like those out there in the media that were hoping for Michael Kane to be releasing more secrets, it looks like he's going to be much more tight-lipped than in recent memory based on this conversation he had with Chris Nolan. No, he's not. <laughs> also, it appears that casting is not completely complete in Pittsburgh because sports studio casting is looking for a number of different people to fill the roles of sports players, specifically with football experience, for filming in early August. So if you are a sports enthusiast or a football player, you can definitely hit up sports studio casting and possibly appear in The Dark Knight Rises. I think Chris Nolan knows what he's in for now when he casts Michael Caine in films. I think he was lucky with Inception just because Michael Caine didn't understand what was going on. (laughs) He didn't uh, tell anyone about the plot. But poor old Michael Caine. I mean, he's just from a different era and different age where there wasn't this secrecy surrounding films. And Nolan... That is absolutely vital to him, and I'm just surprised. I mean, yes, they seem to work well together, but it's surprising how he keeps asking him back when he knows what a liability he is. But we love Michael. He's he's great, and I think we'll get another good performance from him, and it's clearly he's had a bit of a telling off from Mr. Nolan, so let's wait and see if he does actually shut up for a bit. I mean, he's got a whole year still of interviews to try and wriggle his way through without saying anything. I don't think he'll manage it, but he's always a good laugh, Mr. Kane. Uh, yeah, he's uh, just a legend, Michael Kane. But I think it's Nolan's nipping it in the bud now, because to be honest, he's not really let anything massive slip if you didn't think that there were going to be fights and that at some point Alfred would be patching somebody up, then obviously you're not quite understanding Nolan's Batman. But I just think it's Nolan going, please, you said something now, for God's sake, shut up. I think that's pretty much what it comes down to, is just that, like you said, he's trying to nip it in the bud at this point before anything really big gets announced. All right, so then the last bit of rumors we have comes from June 30th. It appears that you may have another shot at appearing in The Dark Knight Rises besides being a football player, as the website BeInAMovie.com has posted details about how you can be a fan at the football game that will be taking place in Pittsburgh in August as filmed for The Dark Knight Rises. They stated the scene we're in will be a football game, not just any football game. We'll be cheering on the Gotham Rogues, as they take on their rival team, the Rapid City Monuments. And then the other rumor is, according to BBC, there was a number of parachuters dressed in all black that were landing in Scotland, along with a film crew that appeared to be part of the Dark Knight Rises. This also plays into possibly part of the rumor we had we talked about earlier with the plane, and Batman's trying to land the plane that's on fire. This could be because the people that were on the plane have all parachuted out and could be, in fact, linked to the League of Shadows and play into that rumor as well. So the only thing I have to say in response to these two rumors is if the name of the Gotham City football team is actually the Gotham Rogues, that is poor, poor writing. Gotham Rogues, really? Yeah, it's not, it's not a good one. 
And the Rapid City Monuments doesn't sound very good either. I, I've got a feeling that, that those names probably won't feature very much in the film. So I'll just clear something up then. So at the moment, filming's been going for, what, a month or two? Has, has it all been yeah, in the about U- two months. And it's nearly all been in the UK. I think they did a bit in India, didn't they, to start with? And now it's yeah, gone to the UK. About a week in India, and then everything else has been in the UK. And then they're moving over to the US probably, you know, end soon. End of this month. Okay. Yeah, well, the stuff in Scotland sounds interesting, and there's clearly a big action scene that's being done up there. And, yeah, I think the League of Shadows, interesting idea. I think they may return. And, yeah, so clearly there's there's a massive stunt happening with the plane. Clearly, I think that's what we've gathered so far. Yeah, it's all pointing towards a, a big plane crash, isn't it? That or the SAS have really got their directions wrong and parachuted out over the top of Nolan's film. Which could could be quite interesting, and I wouldn't put it past the British military to muck up like that. Yeah, Gotham Rose, I don't actually mind the name. I mean, as much as I know about American football, is it comes from the Super Bowl at the end of the year, they get shown over here in the evening. But I'm probably going to get loads of abuse for this, but it seems to kind of fit in with American football team names, like, Pit, is it Pittsburgh Pirates, I think, and things like that. Yeah, the Pirates are a baseball team. Are they? <laughs> well, they? There you go. That's how much I know. But it's in that kind of vein, and I quite like it. My, my thing is, it just to me seems very cliche. Gotham rogues, as if Gotham has all these bad people. Well, why would a team want to be called that? Why? Because we like the idea that we have a bunch of villains among our city, I think that would be something that they would not want to be promoting to the outside world. So the, the metropolis villains. Well, yeah. Yeah. And Rapid City is not a city that's actually in the DC universe. It would be kind of cool to actually see it be like Metropolis or something like that. Just because there's Chris Nolan is attached to Man of Steel in a producer role. Yeah, it, it would be nice to see some sort of nod to the outer universe, but we know Nolan just likes to stay clear of all of that and constrict himself to just Gotham, which, you know, that, that's his style. Right, so that is all the rumors, and with that, that's going to be the end of the episode. Bye-bye, Bats! So, as always, head over to the website, check out all the daily news as... You can find all the news related to everything we talked about here on the podcast, as well as all the news related to the comic book world as well. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube for all the latest updates to the website. Also, of course, you can leave us a review on iTunes. Those are always greatly appreciated. And a couple of call-outs for a number of different things that have been going on. We have split up and created a number of different podcast feeds for you guys to check out. One thing that is going on right now is the summer movie commentaries. All the animated movies are going to be released throughout the summer, and we do have already four released that you can check out right now. And then throughout the rest of the summer, every Friday, we're releasing another commentary related to a Batman animated film. In addition to that, we have a DC relaunch special in regards to the relaunch that's occurring in the comic book world that's coming in in September. We talk all about that with all myself and the other comic co-hosts. We also have a Villain Wall episode that posted up in the middle of June. You can check that out, and that is actually its own feed as well. And there's also a new blooper show. Those of you who love the bloopers, the blooper show is posted. The first one is available now, and the second one will be available 
in a matter of weeks. So check out all of those specials. All of the feeds should be available on iTunes by the time you are listening to this podcast. So you can definitely find all of our feeds on iTunes as well as the website where you can download the MP3 files directly. All right, so San Diego Comic-Con is right around the corner. The BatmanUniverse.net will obviously be there in full support of the convention. We'll be covering all of the topics that we always cover for the website. We'll be getting tons of interviews. Definitely check out the Batman Universe interviews feed that we also created as all the interviews from San Diego will be conjoined and made into a podcast for all of you who want to check those out. Also, videos will be posting up from the convention. We're doing even more than last year's and having even more support from San Diego and a number of different exhibitors that are going to be there as well. We know for a fact that Batman Year One will be there. We know that Young Justice will also be there. That's what we know for sure as of right now, as well as DC Comics talking about everything happening with the relaunch in September. So with that, make sure you're checking out the website if you want to know everything there is to know about San Diego. There will be a spot at the top of the page right underneath the top banner where you can click on it and find a specific section of the site dedicated to everything specifically for San Diego. So head over to the website and check that out, thebabbinguniverse.net for those of you who may be new to the site. So with that being said, that's everything for this episode. This is Dustin. This is Nick. This is John. And you've been listening to the Batman Universe Podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Farewell. Have a happy.